0: what's up everybody thanks for tuning in to another episode of project verbatim in this episode I'm gonna be going over my personal life you know some of the things that I've went through growing up and uh living in Baltimore City and hardships and all of those types of things so with that being said let's jump right into it this is project verbatim <music> What up, what up, what up, people. Welcome back to another episode of Abatem. I am your host, Rodney E. Today I want to change it up a little bit. I want to give you guys uh some insight into who I am as a person and uh you know what makes me tick. You know, so um I'm gonna get a little bit into my background. Uh this is gonna be basically, you know, just letting you guys know who I am as a person. So that's basically what this is gonna be about. So uh I was born in Baltimore city, uh, born and raised just about my entire life on the East side of town. Uh, I've I just about lived on each side of the city that you could, uh, think of, uh, in, uh, Baltimore, there's, um, there's, there's quite a few areas that you could live, um, at different stages of my life. You know, we lived in different areas. We never stayed in one location for, you know, uh, too long i mean the the longest we've stayed in any one location was uh probably you know when we lived over east when uh my parents bought their house and we stayed in that house for about a good 12 years and then you know just about everybody grew up and you know we everybody started leaving the house so you know, everybody kind of went on their own different little journey uh i i have about six sisters and uh two brothers uh i'm the oldest of of the bunch, far as the, uh, the the boys go, I'm the third oldest. So uh, there's a uh, I have a pretty pretty big family, so we are uh, we pretty tight knit, you know, close when it comes to you know uh, looking out for each other and and things of that nature. But uh, yeah, we um we all lived under the same house, you know it it was never it was never easy you know living in a a house with that many people i mean of course you know everybody want to be you know they want to have their own space and and just us everybody living under the same roof just wasn't conducive now the house was big enough but everybody really you know it just got to a point where everybody just kind of needed to get their own space and you know my sisters they kind of you know led the charge with, with everybody moving out you know cuz there was them and then it was me you know not not too long after that you know especially when i graduated high school uh it it wasn't too much longer after that before i decided to make those moves on my own you know especially when you when you're young and you move out on the first time of course there's trial and error you don't really i mean you take it serious but at the same time it's like you you' short you're short tempered when it comes to certain situations, be it you know work environment or, or just the people that you have to deal with you don't really you don't really appreciate your first everything as much as you probably should because it's your first everything now um right now you know everybody pretty much you know still the same scenario as you know in uh in the past everybody had their own place. And all of that stuff. Now, I don't want to make it sound like we didn't enjoy each other's company because we we really did. You know, we had, you know, quite a few things going on that we had like to do together. We would have, you know, game nights. We would have pizza nights. We would we had a pool table. We had a air hockey table. There was never a stretch of time where we did not have a game system of some sort. I know the big, the big thing in our house was PlayStation, like through and through PlayStation was the choice for our house. My nephew, he had a Xbox, but I mean, he played it probably more than anybody else in the house. But we were like PlayStation through and through like. I can remember times where me and my brother Trent would sit down and play Call of Duty Black Ops for hours on end until we get headaches. Like it was it was a serious deal to us. And it got to a point where me and him would play it so much. You know, my cousin Tony here start coming over and we would just swap in and out like he would jump on one of us want to take a break. It was just we had we had fun, and we would always alternate between my house and my and my aunt's house. My aunt she didn't live far away from us; she lived probably like a mile and a half away from us. So we would just alternate back and forth through the houses. And most of the time, when we you know went from our house to her house, we would bring Tank with us. Tank was our dog. He was a um, a pit bull mix, probably the best well trained dog that you could ever want. We got him as as a puppy. And, you know, we had them every since then, but um between so we had enough going on in the housewares though we were never really that bored. There was a number of times where we would uh my mother she had a uh, fog machine. And the reason she had a fog machine is because, you know, back then they were really into, you know, church heavy. So she would um, you know, buy equipment for like these church um services where they would have like you know the, the girls and like dressed all in all white dancing with the gloves all slow and whatnot she would have you know fog machines for that you know just for added effect and all of that and you know after they weren't using it you know it would just be sitting so we decided let's i mean why not make use of this so we would now back then wrestling was still popping Okay, like early two thousands, wrestling was still like it. Like you would more so rather reenact what happened on wrestling than to sit down and watch TV or, or just basically do nothing. And most of the times, it involved me and my two younger brothers. Like a lot of times, like. But anyway, as far as this fog machine goes, we would set the fog machine up. We had this WWF uh soundtrack. The soundtrack was basically all the theme music for all of the wrestlers. So we would just pick a song and we would fake our own entry. Like we had a fog machine going. She had this, uh, this strobe light as well. We would do that. And if, if we couldn't use the strobe light, we would just have somebody stand on the steps and like flick the lights back and forth and, you know, for added effect, turn the music up loud. And we would do that. Now we could only do this when my father wasn't at home when he was at work. We could do all of that in the basement because nine times out of ten, as long as we stayed out of my mother's way, she didn't really care. So we would just do that. But and for my father was in the house. he's He was just really sensitive to noise, you know, especially gets, just getting off work. I mean, you you kind of don't want to hear three teenagers down in the basement screaming, hollering, flipping and, and, and tossing each other around, which oftentimes that ended up happening. So we would uh, we would do that and it would be mad fun like that that was our our play 60 you know that was our have fun you know the 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 portion of the day where you know extreme you know activity was 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 administered so that's what we did you know we had we had mad fun which is why me and my brothers we're still close to this day you know for you know just for the sake of you know us doing stuff like that So it was, it was extremely fun. Like we doing all the wrestling moves, man. It was, nobody got hurt. Fortunately. Now my nephew, uh, Tyrone, AKA Woody, that's what we called him. That's, that was a a name that I believe my father gave him when he was born. You know, he would, you know, at the time he was still kind of little, so he really couldn't participate, but you could see the excitement in his face. Like he wanted to so bad. And then when he got a little older, you know, we, we were kind of already out of that phase of the whole wrestling. So now we were more so geared towards, you know, just playing football in the streets. And that's what that he he was in. He was in with that, too. And he kind of discovered football. So, you know, his favorite team at the time, I believe, was the San Diego Chargers, I believe. So he was just kind of big on them. So we would be playing uh, street football. You know, with a couple of the dudes around the way, you know, just basic street in the street, running up and down the street. You know, we would always let him play you know, just to have him evolve. And it was always fun. I mean, we, we enjoyed ourselves around there. Man. We we would find any little thing to have fun with and we would make it fun, even if we didn't do anything that you would be classified as fun we would walk around the neighborhood and that's ultimately how we started meeting people around that initially when we moved around there. It you was know, just walking around the neighborhood. You see people, people see you and one for one reason or the other, you know, our conversation would commence. And then that's how we became cool people. I came cool with quite a few people around there, you know, just off of that strength alone. So, you know, we were, we were pretty active, you know, as kids coming up, which is why we're so close today. Now, as much fun as we had at our house and around the way, none of that compared, got even close to the amount of fun that we would have at my aunt Terry, aka Baby Girl's house. Like, fun at my house was dramatically different from fun at her house. Like, you go to Baby Girl's house, you don't know who's gonna show up, you don't know what y'all about to get into. We would oftentimes play football around there as well. You know, me, uh, Trent, uh, my younger brother, Noel, uh, my other cousin, Dante, you know, and just a few other people that was just around the neighborhood. Just about everybody knew us. And anytime we came around, we everybody knew it was just about to go down. We was about to get into something. I remember times, man, where it was snowing. It was literally snowing outside, like almost blizzard-like conditions, and me... Uh, trent and tony we would be walking to a store a save a lot in the middle of it all and still having fun like that's just how we grew up man we had to make it we had to make funds for ourselves man because if you really if you're not having fun then you noticing all the the you know the fucked up shit that happens in the city like man I, this city is tough man like you and and and, and thank god we were always you know, we always had somebody around us that was looking out after us. Like, baby girl, she played no games when it came to, you know, being in the house after a certain time or, or don't go around back or don't leave off the block. If I can't see you, then you can't go there. Like it was we were always protected no matter what. With my mother, she's the same way. Like, where, where are you going? I need to know where you're going, who you going to be with. Is your, I mean, keep your phone on you just in case, you know, something happened and You need to call one of us. Like we were always protected, man. And I and I, I appreciate, you know, that aspect of my family so much because, you know, it was never it was never a situation where we could have done something so bad that they would have turned their backs on us, man. Like that was never going to happen. And it is still to this day, even though everybody is grown, that still wouldn't happen to this day. Like, I mean, honestly, I would like to, you know, see my family a little more often, but. but I got, you know, two babies now, so it's it's really not that easy to do. So, you know, but the old I I feel like the older they get, you know, the more the the less hands on attention they'll they'll ultimately need. Like Ava, she's already at the stage now where she want to do everything on her own. But of course, Ava doesn't know that Ava is only about to turn three. Like she doesn't know that in her mind, Ava is like nine or ten or something. She just want to do everything on her own. And, you know, I encourage it because, you know, that's just her learning, you know, to, to be independent, you know, and ultimately that's, that's the goal, you know, far as being a parent. I mean, you want to get them to that stage where they can look after themselves, but yeah, she, um, she's going to experience all of that because now there's a generation of, of kids growing up. And, and I say it all the time, like they're basically the reincarnation of us, you know, um, but not obviously not in the literal term because no one has passed away. Like my cousin Tony, he has kids now. Uh, my cousin Angel, she has kids now. Trent has kids. Noel has kids. Uh, my sister Shay has kids. Uh, my sister Bub, aka, well, her name is is uh, Elise, but her real you know the name that don't that no nobody call her that. Like nobody call her by her real name. Her name is Bub, short for Bubbles. My aunt. My Aunt Minnie gave her that name, I believe, if memory serves me correct. But all of them, you know, everybody has kids. Sierra has kids. Trent has kids. You know, all of us just about have kids. So we all have, we just recreated that generation all over again. So I want to instill that in them as well. Like, you know, everybody is family. Look after each other. Like, I mean, if you can't have, if you would rather have fun with your friends more than your family, then that's a problem. You know, not saying that you can't. You know, you have to pick one over the other, but you know, family is always first. So that's what I I would really love to have happen. You know, uh, especially as kids growing up, you know, we uh we we were always close knit. Um, especially with you know my cousins and all of that. So you know, most of the time if we we left the house or went somewhere nine times out of 10, we was going over baby girl house because, you know, her, and my mother, you know, out of, you know, their siblings, you know, them two were the closest that, you know, growing up and all of that. So it was, we, we basically all grew up together, you know, and, and that's what kind of made everybody, you know, be on the same page about a lot of stuff, man. I, I can remember when there was times where, you know, one of us would get into get into it with maybe somebody around the neighborhood. And this was back when we lived off of, uh, off of Monument Street. You know, we lived on uh, Bell North. So, I mean, if you know anything about that area, you know, that's, that's straight up, you know, that's that's down the hill. That's as probably as, as, as hood as it's going to get. So I remember times where one of, one of us would get into it with somebody around the neighborhood and it would set everybody off, the whole house. So much so, to it got to a point, man. One day, I can't even tell you how it started. I, I I don't even know, you know, why it escalated the way it did. But it's funny because, you know, we we all knew what was up, and we was like, all right, well, if one of us got a problem, then all of us got a problem. And then turns out, all of us did have a problem. So, man, it got so bad to a point, man. It was like I want to say maybe. Seven or eight kids just happened to walk down Bell Nord, and they everybody screaming stuff. They they talking this and they saying this and that, and it's like all right. So we you know we say the classic all right you know come back and you know we'll see we'll see what's up. So they did come back. Man, let me tell you, we had because we we kind of anticipated it. You know, being being from that neighborhood, we kind of anticipated it was gonna be some smoke in the house. So man, we had. We had sticks. We had bricks. Somebody had, uh, uh you know, the, the post for the chain link fence. With, it it's like, it came out of the ground. It was just happened to be laying around. It still had concrete attached to it. So, we had that. So, we was ready to go to war. And then my, my aunt came out of the house and was like, no, if y'all really going, if y'all going to fight, then y'all going to fight, you know, head up, fair and square, no no weapons or whatever. So, we like, all right, whatever. It is what it is. So that's when the all-out brawl commenced. we get to scrapping in the middle of the street this little tight little street everybody out there guffing we just going at it i'm fighting this one dude and i think your head on like sandals or something and i hit him and your yo kind of came out of his sandal a little bit like the front part of the sandal where the velcro would be Yo, know in front of your foot came out so he couldn't even get good balance and I was already I was already giving them the business and then Dante come out of the left field, he he tanned, he turned on him. And and you know, Trent, he probably at the time he was probably like the smallest one out of all of us. So he he get to fighting with a dude. The dude the the boy hit hit Trent in his nose and Trent just kinda stood there and he was just he had just like this look of shock on his face and he just kinda Trent just kinda smirked. And then well done, yo, it's like he went completely off. And like, we was out there fighting for I, I wanna say maybe a good twenty, thirty seconds before you know my heart and broke it up. And you know, and it was just stuff like that. Like that I wouldn't I don't encourage, you know, violence and all that. But man, living in this city, yo, sometimes you just can't avoid it. Like you got you gotta handle yours. So I mean, we ain't had no problems with them at the end, needless to say, we ran them off the block we ain't we ain't seen them since then. And then we, we kind of got into it with this little, little yo that lived on the backside of us. I think his name was like Philip or some shit. But we would always get into it with him. Like every time I saw him, I was like, I got to throw a rock at this, this dude. And I did nine times out of ten Like until somebody threw something at him and hit him. I knew it wasn't me because I had stopped after that. Somebody threw something at him and hit him and yo started crying. We just all ran in the house like that was the end of the day for us. So, you know, man, we we were all close, man. But now that everybody is older, you know, a lot of that stuff, you know, kind of faded away. And it wasn't because we stopped dealing with each other. It was just, you know, everybody getting older. Like I said before, everybody got kids now. Everybody pretty much got their own life that they, you know, they pretty much living, you know, and having kids. I mean, they, they say, you know, having kids, you know, sometimes you know, it it changed you. Like, that's, I definitely can agree with that. You know, before I had kids, I really didn't understand. Like, I mean, the only difference would be that you would have kids. But, I mean, it definitely does change people. I mean, you kind of get, you know, a new perspective on, on things. You start, you know, really evaluating, you know, where you are in life and, and basically putting everything out in front of you and trying to make the best decision as, as to, you know, how to progress or, or, or change and or make something better. I mean, I, I struggle with that every day. So I definitely understand, you know, but as far as my family go, man, we, we 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 always been close. So, you know, especially me and my my father. I mean, there's we we have conversations every now and again, you know, about just just generally how, you know, how how he may be feeling or how I may be feeling, you know, about any given situation. You know my mother the same way you know I talk to you know my sisters the same way you know we all we all kind of we we don't all i don't see them every day you know I don't talk to them every day, but that doesn't that doesn't tarnish our relationship you know we just you know it's just obvious and you know, that we got other stuff going on you know, so it's you know we we always try to make sure around the holidays we do stuff together. You know, have dinners or bring the kids around so they can play with their cousins and all of that. You know, outside of that, I mean, my my family is 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 key to me. You know, I would never, I would never put them above anybody, and, and especially you know, since having having kids now, I, you know, my uh, my kids' mother, she's basically in that conversation now. I was like, so no matter what, you know, I I have to deal with this woman for the rest of my life. You know, so I would like to, you know you know, keep my family as close to me as I possibly can. So it's always, it's always a challenge. You know, I, I would never tell you that it wouldn't be, but you know, it's, that's, that's basically, you know, to sum it up, far as my family go now, far as living in Baltimore city go, man, this this city is, you want to, you want to speak highly about your city, no matter where you live at, but it's hard to do here. Like, I'm going to be straight up with you. It's incredibly hard to do. You know, you always watch the news and you hear stuff about, you know, stuff that happened in, in Chicago and, and places like Detroit and, and, and Atlanta and all these, you know, different places that's pretty much known for violence. This city really don't, for, I don't know what it is, but we don't really make the news like that anymore. Maybe it's because, I mean, people are just so used to hearing that is or expecting there's always going to be something happen here. I guess it doesn't make world news anymore. Like the last big thing that I can remember making world news here was the whole Freddie Gray situation. That was an absolute mess. Uh, it it made world news. I'm, I'm pretty sure that everybody knows what's going on or what happened that led to that whole situation. Now it's a little different for me because I was involved in that in in, in a few different ways. Um, at the time, you know, I didn't live that far away from downtown. So, you know, far as just everyday living, right. That affected, that affected just about everybody, you know, they, they started putting curfews on, Adults like that's that's the crazy part. They they was putting citywide curfews on, on people, man. You couldn't be outside, you know, after 10 o'clock without a, a written excuse. Me, I still have the letter that my job had to type up that I had to carry on me just to show proof that I'm supposed to be outside. I mean, leaving out the house in the morning at, at six and you walking down the street and you see about. 30 or 40 different military vehicles, uh, a motor, uh, uh, um, a convoy going wherever they were going. Like, that's that's some scary stuff to see. Like. And and the, the reason they did it because, you know, it was getting out of control and the whole thing started because. You know, people were upset behind the Freddie Gray, you know, situation. Now, I don't really want to go into too much of how I felt about that and and get into great detail with that, because, I mean, everybody's going to have that different standpoint on that situation. But I've just always kind of felt like there was no way that the city was going to hand over 13 or 14 million dollars or however much it was and still convict those officers that were involved. From that point on, I already kind of knew that there was no way that they were going to convict officers and hand over 14 million dollars. When his parents took that money, as as sad as it is that they lost they lost a a son, as sad as it is, that was their way of saying, all right, let's squash this here. Here's the money. Me personally, I wouldn't have even taken that money because I would have wanted to see. Somebody pay for the loss of my child. You can't pay me off, and 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 it's sad because the whole entire city felt that. And from that point on, man, it was it was almost like somebody hit a switch, man. It's just the whole downtown area started. It just became a a complete riot. It was it was terrifying for a multitude of reasons, but. More so for me is because, you know, my kid's mom, she was down there like the downtown area. She worked at the aquarium at the time. So around the time when she was, uh, you know, on the clock, I, I forget exactly how it went down. But I think they they closed the, uh, the aquarium early because they feared that something like that would have happened. And I was smart on their part because they actually did. And she was down there while they were down there. You know, basically gearing up to start. You know, trying to push these people out of the downtown area. Now, unbeknownst to us, you know, she was pregnant with Ava at the the time. So, the whole time she's down there, you know, they start pepper spraying crowds of people, and it and that just goes to show how 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 out of hand the situation got because. At this point, you know, they they trying to do everything outside of using lethal force, which is what got them in this position in the first place. So, you know, as she's trying to get out of the downtown area, she is, um you know, taking her normal way to to get to, you know, the the subway. So, you know, a lot of the streets they had, they had blocked off down there. So, um you know, I, I don't know if it was pure coincidence or her friend saw the same thing, but her friend was uh in the downtown area so she you know her and her friend tried to meet up but every time they would try to meet on you know this corner or this street you know the police would basically tell them you know keep it moving and you know thank god nothing really happened to her but you know it was it was crazy because you know as she was trying to leave from down there you know she ended up going inside the gallery now the gallery is like a, a mini mall basically for the downtown area so she went inside of there and, you know, basically just trying to, you know, avoid all of what was happening outside. And then, you know, while she was in there, they ended up locking the building down. So now not only did she get pepper spray being pregnant, now she's stuck inside of a building trying to get home, like trying to get away from from this this mess that was happening. You know, and it it, it just goes to show like, you know, things can change with 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 the drop of a hat basically so you know that kind of affected you know me in a way because it's like i'm i'm worried about her safety you know i i don't want you know see nobody else get get hurt or, or anything like that you know so it it was just a mess of a situation so and we didn't find out about ava until a little bit after that i believe it was still the same month and all of this went down in april so uh, April 2015, I want to say it was. So, you know, when she finally did make it home, you know, I made sure she was OK. And, um, you know, her and her friend finally did meet up, which is how she got home. So, you know, we were just at the house. And, you know, I had already you know had the news on and, you know, her dealing with that situation. She really didn't want to watch it because she literally had to go through that. And, and me, I was just. You no, know, I was in awe because you know you look on the news, and you got these people out here throwing flaming trash cans at the police officers. You know, police—they trying to keep their composure. And going back to what I said about how it affected me in the, in a couple of different ways, my um my god brother he was a city cop, so he he literally probably was down there. You know, and I have a, a couple couple of friends that you know, I went to school with. They're city cops as well, so I'm pretty sure it was all hands on deck. as Far as you know, the people that I knew went, and um, I'm I'm not even going to say his name. The other way that I, we were kind of all connected with this situation was, um, one of the officers that were that was involved with the situation. I actually went to school with, so I knew him. Um. So, you know, when they when they said his name, you know, it didn't click until probably, you know, a couple hours later that I actually knew this guy. So it it really turned into a world news where so much so that, you know, news news uh, networks like uh, CNN was covering the situation. And of course, from the outside looking in, it looks extremely bad. Now, there were peace groups that were down there, which was kind of the birth of the whole Black Life Matter movement. You know, they these people were there for one purpose and one purpose only to bring light to the situation as far as the, the police violence to, you know, black people in this country, not only just Baltimore City, but in, in the country period and around the world. So but of course, the news, they don't they don't interpret it that way. They look at this as a radical group that was there to start trouble, be a nuisance, you know, and and basically challenge the police department. And that's not what that was about at all. Same thing can be said about the whole movement with, with Colin Kaepernick. As many times as this man has come out of his mouth and said exactly what he is kneeling for, they still take that. And turn it into something completely different. It's amazing that that happens on a daily basis. It's easy to interpret, to to interpret your own meaning for a situation if you've never heard why the person initially started doing their their action. You they just want to take it and, and turn it into something else. Now I'll be the first to tell you, um, I personally stay away from stuff like that because it never gets a good image and I, I don't want to be, you know, in, in that crowd. Now I'm all for, you know, equality and all of that, but from a safe distance, because at this point in my life, man, I have kids that I have to look after, you know, their mom, she, she is in the same boat as I am. So we both generally try to stay away from these situations. But the whole reason I brought it up was, you know, because that affected us and, and I I wanted to give, you know, a, a backstory as to some of the things that we have to deal with in this city, you know, because, you know, this episode is basically letting you guys know what happens inside the city and, and the stuff that goes on here is pretty much widespread. So, you know, some stuff you can escape from, some stuff you just have to deal with. And that was one of those situations where we were indirectly, you know, affected by it, you know, so it, it, it really... You really have to have tough skin to live in in this city. You really do. And as much as I would love to move out of the city, the chances of that actually happening is gonna take some doing. And I, I just feel as though if I want my kids to have a a good upbringing, a and live in a safe environment and not have to worry about you know gun violence or gang violence or drug violence and and all of this. You know, I I basically need to tell them everything they need to know as far as how to handle situations like that. Should they arise? So, you know, this I I apologize. This episode got a little, you know, uh, weird towards the back end of it. But, you know, this is just stuff that that made up my life and, and things like that. You know, it shape it really does shape a person. So and again, you know, it it's not easy living here so you know but in future episodes we'll, we'll go into you know different things and all that about you know just to give it the lighter side of baltimore there's a lot of stuff that goes on here that you know both good and bad you know we have a, a multitude of events that that happens here that you know i don't always get to participate in but i would like to you know going forward with especially with, since having kids now so you know, certain things, you know, I, we'll 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 touch on and um, we'll we'll get into that a little a little deeper in a, a future episode. But for now, I think I'm going to wrap this one up because I'm kind of, you know, trying to uh, keep it, keep it kosher, if you will. So in the next episode, uh, we're going to get into. A whole completely different topic. So it'll start getting fun after this one's posted. So I hope you guys stick around. I really hope you guys enjoy the content that has been posted so far. But again, if you really want to follow the movement, you know, I'll make the information available to you guys. Um, But for starters, you guys can go both follow us on Instagram and uh, Facebook at verbatim audio eight eight. That's um, Instagram and Twitter. My bad. Uh, But for Facebook. It's a verbatim pod. You can follow us on those three platforms. Those are the main three platforms that we're going to be on. Um, we're basically on every app that supports podcasts, including Spotify. So you can you can pretty much find us just about anywhere you look, be it, you know, have an Apple device or Android. It really doesn't matter. So uh, with that being said, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Verbatim. I am your host, Rodney E, and I hope you guys have a great. Great, great 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 day peace